Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, 9.07, and uh, this is uh, Froster Buns Friday, so uh, you can call on pretty much any topic most of the program. However, uh, because I've been getting a lot of uh, questions about libertarian candidates, uh, I've invited one of the presidential candidates on the program this morning. Uh, you'll find we're not an entirely homogenous group, but we're pretty close, a lot more closely aligned than... Republicans are with other Republicans or Democrats are with other Democrats. In fact, I would argue that Democrats and Republicans are more closely aligned than most people would think. Uh, we're going to also have uh, somebody running for the House of Representatives. That will be uh, about uh, quarter to ten this morning. We had a, another uh, candidate who didn't let me know until this morning that he couldn't make it. But anyway, we're going to get to all that. Uh, but if you have questions... For a libertarian presidential candidate, uh, somebody I would argue will stand on principle, something you're not seeing with Democrats and Republicans, I want you to pick up the phone and give us a call. The telephone number, toll-free, 800-529-5572. If you're listening to us on our home station, it's 874-9390. Or you can go to GaryNolan.com, send me a message, and it will pop up right here in studio. Uh, Chase Oliver is with us. Uh, he is uh, seeking the nomination of the Libertarian Party to run for president. Chase, welcome to the program and good morning. Good morning to you. Happy to be here and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, hopefully if anybody comes on with questions, we can get them answered. I'm sure you'll you'll do just fine. Uh, I'm going to start with the and I, as, a, as somebody who was in your position before, I hate this question, and I'm sick and tired of it. So let's get it out of the way first. Third-party candidates seldom score enough points to win. You're just going to tip the election into the hands of one side or the other. Why are you doing this? Well, I'm doing it to put principles forward so that people can have something to vote for it, not just something to merely vote against. And uh, libertarians in particular are, are great for that because we do stand on principle. We're not political weather vanes that move one way or the other with uh, the, the polling. We actually can stand pretty firm. It's pretty easy to figure out what the libertarian position is. Is the government involved? Yes. Uh, then it shouldn't be. No, that's great. That's kind of our boilerplate position. Uh, but really, I want to provide options for voters outside of the duopoly that is completely broken. And the truth is, is we're not spoilers. The people who are spoilers are Republicans and Democrats who sit in the state houses and in Congress who prevent us from having ranked choice voting or approval voting or anything beyond this basic plurality system that allows people with under 50 percent to get elected to represent 100 percent of the people. And that's not even majority democracy. That's minority rule because we have candidates or we have Congress people all over the country who have 46, 47 percent of the vote and they're going to D.C. We need a better way to vote, and until then, we're going to keep spoiling the, you know, quote-unquote, spoiling the elections that they put forward for us. I'm a libertarian. I can't make it uh, easier for you to have ranked choice voting or approval voting. Only Democrats or Republicans can, and they prevent us from doing it because it conserves their power. They care more about their power than your ability to have an open and honest election that represents you. Uh, let's talk foreign policy. Do you have a problem with our foreign policy? Uh, do you have a problem with us uh, protecting Israel, or do you have a problem with us uh, with the uh, conflict in uh, in Russia? Uh, is is there yeah. a pr you do okay? What's what's the matter? Uh, what's going on? 
Well, you know, I've been actually anti-war and anti-the military uh, imperialism of the United States since even before I was a, a, a libertarian. But uh, I'm anti-war to the core. I actually oppose the warfare state. I think it makes us less safe, less trusted around the world. It hurts our relationships with other nations, considering we've been going around and blowing up people all over the world for the last 24 years. And... Uh, you know, since 9-11, and really with regards to Israel and, uh, and what's going on over there, we need to stop funding what's going on over there because uh, a nation has a right to defend itself, but a nation does not have a right to lay down airstrikes that kills tens of thousands of innocent people. And I would argue, actually, that that makes it less safe for the folks who live in Israel because uh, every time they continue this policy, it makes more animosity uh, for their foreign neighbors. It makes more animosity for the people who are the Palestinians. Uh, and it makes it less safe for the average individual in Israel, and it keeps us further and further away from peace in the region. So, yeah, I absolutely oppose that. And uh, I oppose the warfare state everywhere it exists. I think we could do a humanitarian option in a place like Ukraine, allow refugees to come here, allow anybody who's been forcefully conscripted into the military uh, in that conflict to be able to come here under an asylum claim. Uh, that would do better to fight against uh, you know, what we're seeing than just continuing to throw more and more military solutions around the world. Chase, I'm always told we're fighting them there so we don't have to fight them here. Does that logic hold up in your mind? No, because, you know, the idea that was the George W. Bush logic. We got to fight the terrorists over there so they don't come over here. But what we're doing when we are destabilizing entire nations uh, like Iraq, like Syria, like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, North Africa, like we've seen all over the Middle East, uh, that create that instability creates further breeding ground for terrorism and people who would do harm to innocent people around the world and so i think actually it's a it's a wrong-headed view for us to be saying if we fight them over there they won't come over here if we're if we're doing what we're doing over there it's actually creating conditions to create more terrorism and violence uh overall so i think we need to move ourselves away from this policy we are 34 plus trillion dollars in debt Listeners, uh, when we cross that uh, that Rubicon to, to $34 trillion, I ask listeners, if you could hold the spending to the point where you had a million dollars a day to pay off the debt, how long would it take? And the answer is in excess of 90, I think, 4,000 years. That's pretty good at a million dollars a day, uh, but it's nobody is holding that spending back. How would you handle the debt? Yeah, well, if I were elected president, the first thing I would signal to Congress is that I'm not signing any budget that isn't balanced. If you haven't balanced the spending, I will be vetoing it because we cannot continue to add debt and deficits onto the next generations. Uh, as you said, I'm glad you didn't ask me to answer that math question. I'm not the best at math on the spot, but that's an astronomical number. And it's something that people really need to think about, the fact that the interest alone on in our debt is trillions of dollars now. And so, uh, you know, if we want to have a stable, growing, prosperous economy, we have to cut the excess spending in our government. And so much of it is redundant spending. It's, un it's not needed. And even the stuff that, quote unquote, people claim will do good in the world, oftentimes it's just central planning that actually stifles the growth of the economy and, and innovation and prosperity. And so we need to just tear that out, root and stem, uh, and do everything we can to reduce the size and scope of government. Because if we don't do it now, we're going to face a real economic collapse. And I urge the voters out there, do not wait for us to be like Argentina with 150% inflation and one in four of us being in terrible, terrible poverty before we elect a libertarian to fix the problem. Let's go ahead and elect a libertarian now to stop the problem before it gets too big. We are hearing from the Democrats that we want people to come into this country across the uh, any way they can, really. Uh, and the Democrats are inviting people to come into the country. 
by providing them with food stamps and food and money and health care and clothing and uh, a roof over their heads, etc. Republicans, on the other hand, are saying, no, no, we got to stop these people from coming over the border. Uh, the Democrats are just doing this so they can get more Democrat voters. Uh, and the world is, you know, upside down. These people are criminals. They're killing the economy. Uh, they're terrorists. They're smuggling drugs. Where do you stand on the border? Well, you know, here's the thing. I think we can fight the welfare state, uh, obviously. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Libertarians, of course, oppose the welfare state and uh, uh, those incentives, things like that you mentioned. But I also support the idea of free movement of people. We should have an Ellis Island style of immigration system that would have you coming through a port of entry, giving a quick declaration of who you are so we can do a quick background check for the 21st century that takes, you know, hours, not weeks and weeks like it used to back in the Ellis Island days. And let's bring people in who are peaceful, who just want to get to work here. Uh, you know, I was actually at the border recently and in El Paso. I spoke with business owners who said, you know, we see so many people coming here waiting for their asylum court date claims or, or their asylum claim court dates. And we would love to hire these people to work, but they have no documentation at all to be able to do that. And so they then are reliant on the public services of the taxpayers and of charities and churches who are being stretched thin in the region. Uh, I think we should just facilitate the ability for once people get here, let them work here. That doesn't mean instant citizenship, though that process should also be streamlined so people aren't waiting decades to become Americans when they're desperately wanting to be one and, and go through that process. Uh, but what we have to do is change the way we think about this. And if we allow all the peaceful people to come through in an Ellis Island system, we can stop people like human traffickers who are trying to use the border uh, as a means to bring people over here for human exploitation and crime. I absolutely think that's where our focus should be, and not on the majority of people who just want to come here and work and are actually stymied by doing that. And because of this lack of documentation, are actually using up more welfare than they would use if they were just able to come right across and get right to work. Uh, I come from Georgia. It's an agricultural state. We need the jobs in that sector, but we also need it in the service industry sector, the tech sector, and so many other places as boomers retire. We need to replace those workers. Uh, and, you know, we're not, we're not replacing ourselves fast enough via reproduction, so we have to have those workers coming from somewhere. And uh, I, I think that's a much better process than this mess that we have at the border. It's a total crisis that's created by failure. Oop, I've lost you. Are you there, Chase? Sorry, did you? Are you? Can you hear me now? Yeah, you just you just at the very last uh, you sort of faded out, but that's all right. We got the point. Social Security people have been paying into it all their lives. They think they're entitled to this money, but Social Security is fast depleting uh, the uh, the money it loaned the Treasury. And when that happens, there will be a twenty four percent reduction in the amount of money they get. Is there any way to save Social Security without increasing the national debt? Yeah, well, I don't think there's a way to save Social Security. We actually need to phase that system out completely. Workers my age won't be getting those benefits even if we continue to pay into the system. So my Social Security plan is clear. Those who are at or near retirement can maintain uh, the benefits they worked their entire lives and paid into, like my parents and grandparents. But for younger workers like myself, we need to remove the employee contribution for Social Security. Give us that money back so we can put it into mutual funds or other retirement accounts that will produce a much better outcome than just the Social Security being indexed to cost of living increases. Uh, the S&P 500 outperforms Social Security regularly, uh, and so this, the market is going to be a much better place for us to put our money as opposed to the Ponzi scheme that is Social Security. But for workers who are at or near retirement, my parents live on a fixed income. I don't just want to pull the rug out from under them and talk 
toss them in the streets because, uh, frankly, most millennials right now aren't in a position to be able to take care of their parents and grandparents. Uh, we knew you need to allow them to retire, but for people my age, we'll never get benefits even if we continue to pay right up until the point of retirement. So uh, it makes no sense for us to be doing that. So let's get our money back and allow ourselves, each and every individual, to save for ourselves and have a, uh, as a result. Uh, Medicare is in even worse shape. It's uh, it's financially and, and it doesn't have the system that uh, Social Security does for funding. What do we do about that? Yeah, we need to phase the system out uh, entirely. You know, single payer health care, which is basically what Medicare is, and they're trying to expand it to be Medicare for all, is a failure of a system. It will lead to shortages. It will lead to uh, wait times, and ultimately, it will lead to a crash of our health care system. The reason why. Uh, we have some of the greatest health care in the world is because we allow for market innovation, and that's what we need to be expanding. We need to be allowing health insurance to be bought across state lines. We need to remove the employer, like, uh, insistence on health insurance coverage so that way people have more job uh, portability to be able from one job to another. Uh, and we can do things like support things like direct primary care systems that actually remove the entire insurance middleman from out of the way of most of your basic health care and really treat insurance like it's supposed to be. Right now, we treat insurance like if it was car insurance, we'd be using it to fill up gas in the car or get new tires. That's basic maintenance. You should be paying for that out of pocket. Insurance should be for catastrophic uh, health uh, consequences and, and outcomes. And so I think if we could get ourselves to a more free market system, we could lower the cost of health care overall. But that will never happen if we continue this Medicare system and even worse, expand it to a full single-payer socialized system. That All right, we're seeing, uh, you know, I got, I've got to cut you short because I'm, I'm running out of time. Chase, give them your uh, web address. Where is your website? Go to votechaseoliver.com and check out the website, and you can go to freeandequal.org and vote for me in their ranked choice vote. We just had a debate last night, and I want to win that ranked choice poll. So get out there and vote at freeandequal.org. Go to votechaseoliver.com to check out the website. Votechaseoliver.com. Chase, thank you for being with us. Thank you very much, sir. All right, buddy. Take care. Best of luck to you. Quick break. Your uh, comments. Love to hear what you think. 874-9390 or 800-529-5572. It's Frost Your Buns Friday. We've got another Libertarian candidate coming up. Uh, and he is uh, hes actually uh, running uh, for a House seat here in Missouri. We'll get to that about 10 minutes to 10. I'm the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 25 minutes after 9 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. We'll have a, a, a libertarian who's running in the 3rd uh, Congressional District for the House of Representatives. That's Blaine Lutkemeyer's seat. Uh, and uh, we'll have him come on the program. His name is, well, he's a Rowden, but he's not a Caleb Rowden. Uh, he's a pretty principled guy. His name is Jordan Rowden. He'll be with us about 10 to 10. Uh, talk about that race, which is getting crowded, by the way. Um, there, um, I got emails all day yesterday on the border discussion that uh, I had with Jim Babka on the program. And a lot of people aren't listening to what's being, they're, they're coming up with their own version of what I said uh, and frankly, my version of the border is not a, not unlike Chase Oliver's. You want to make sure the people coming in are safe? You do that at the border. Bring them in. Do a background check. Do the best you can. And let them in. However, the things that we're doing now 
including seducing people to come here and not work, are problematic. We're getting people up here to take advantage of the war on drugs. We're getting people up here to take advantage of the free lifestyle and the, the generosity of politicians instead of people who just want to get here to work. And those problems have to be worked out. You cannot have a welfare state and open border. And I would really rather we get rid of the welfare state. But I heard all kinds of things. And, and I hope that some of you took the time to look up the information I shared with you, including crime and economic uh, information. Yeah, I, I got an email from somebody who said uh, these people come over here and they commit these crimes. We're seeing, you know, apparently you're seeing this on Fox News, and uh, you know, in order to protect us from these criminals, we need to seal off the border. Well, if if protecting yourself from criminals is your motivation, then we need to stop people from reproducing. Because Americans, native-born Americans, commit more violent crime per capita than people coming across the border. So that's not an excuse for stopping people from coming here to work. I also shared the economic data. They create more jobs. They're good for the economy. Let them come in if they want to work. So it's, it's more nuanced than just open the borders and walk away. Nobody is suggesting that. But this argument that, you know, we have to keep them out of here because they're all bad. No, we have to quit bribing them to come here with the promise of free food, clothes, health care, uh, a free place to stay. That's That's not something that the government should be doing. So it's, it's more nuanced than, than what some people are saying. And as far as the argument about the economics and the safety issue, I think I've made it pretty clear, and you can look this information up. It's not that they're coming here. It's what the government is doing to make it profitable to come here and suck off the government teat. And, and, and both parties are, are accountable here. Both parties. Uh, and if we don't start following the Constitution, if we don't start actually paying attention to the doctrine of enumerated powers, eventually, and it ain't that far down the road, things are going to collapse. Your standard of living will plummet. We're going to be living, it, really, it, it's, it's going to be worse than the Europeans because they don't even have the amount of debt that we do. And Democrats and Republicans, they're not fixing it. They're not making it better. All right, 874-9390, toll free, 800-529-5572. Uh, Jim says, re-social security, the main problem with expecting people to fund their own retirement is that many of them or most will not do that. Well, that's their problem. That's not my problem. That's their problem. 
Oh, unbelievable. All right, quick break. We'll take your calls. More comments. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 935, glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up, we're going to have a Rowden on the program. Not Caleb Rowden. Nope, this is the Libertarian uh, running for Blaine Lutkemeyer's seat. He'll be with us in about uh, 15 minutes or so. He'll be on about 945, 9.50. Uh, we'll find out what's up in his world as he uh, prepares to run uh, against uh, all the Republicans and Democrats seeking that same seat. Uh, so Jim, uh, who sent me this message, re-social security the main problem with expecting people to fund their own retirement is that many or most will not do that. Well, that's their problem. That's not your problem. You shouldn't be compelling me to make it my problem. He goes on to say, I would give ride-to-work houses and old folks' homes as in early days of the last century. The Social Security system is a better idea how is it a better idea? It's going broke. It's taken 13% of your income for your entire life. And, and it's not giving you a return. How's that a better system? It's a failure. It's a Ponzi scheme. Uh, Michael, why did they stop doing DNA tests performed at the border? I didn't know that they were doing them. <clears throat> I would argue that would be a pretty expensive thing. Uh, in uh, respect to the border crisis, uh, Bill says, I believe the vast majority of immigrants want to enter to become good citizens, make a good life for themselves, their family. The problem is 2020 Biden campaign promised to reverse all of Trump's security policies. 2021 Biden reversed Trump's border security policies. Uh, Biden blames Republicans. Trump for the southern border crisis and needs help. None of that addresses the issue at hand, which is that they commit fewer crimes, create more jobs, are good for the economy, will stop the graying of America, and if you vote for libertarians, we will fix the problem. Nobody will be smuggling fentanyl across the border. People will be coming through the front door, not running off through the Rio Grande and trying to cross the mountains and the desert to get in. And we'll have some control. And think about this. If most, if the people who want to come here and work come through the front door and there is no more drug problem, no more drug war, then anybody that's trying to get in not using the front door is a bad guy. There'll be so, you know, the numbers would, would plummet. It'd be much easier to catch. It's just plain logic. Let me go to the phones. Rich is on the line. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. Um, one of the things, I, I keep hearing the violent crime statistics going around, but what about the rest of the crimes, petty crimes? Uh, a lot of illegals don't report uh, crimes done by other illegals. And the first thing they do when they cross over illegally is commit a crime. Uh, well, there, this is a crime. This is a crime, argument. Rich. This is a crime we invented. But well, yeah, in I, truth, I, I, the I, only the only nonviolent crime that these uh, people coming across the border commit in greater numbers than American-born citizens are traffic violations. 
Not even property damage, uh, nope. turn down fences, nope. all that stuff? Nope. The greatest number of those are American-born. And if you do what we've been saying, sure. then it, it even gets better. They're afraid if they come over here and, and uh, commit a crime, they get bounced out, or at least that used to be the thought. Well, it's it's hard for them when, when they uh, go to court and they don't have a real address or even give the court the real name and don't show back up. Well, isn't that our I, fault? I, Aren't we the ones oh, making that oh, impossible? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So um, let's, let's fix this by restricting the government and yeah. making it so that these people can only come here to go to work. I, I agree uh, with all of that. But I just think that there's a lot of crimes that are not, are not being reported. Because uh, I'm telling you that every report, every report that I have seen mm -hmm. indicates that by a huge percentage, American-born citizens commit more crimes in every statistic except traffic mm. uh, than, than uh, people who come across the border, even the ones who come across the border illegally. I, and I, I know a lot of people that become naturalized citizens, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of those people that are really good, like you say, hardworking people just looking for work and wanting to support their families, and I agree with uh, we should allow those people to come in. Um, but I just think that some of the cr there's a lot of crimes that could be prevented by just not letting them in, period. But there are more crimes committed. You know, if, if safety is the issue, then we shouldn't have children because they commit more crimes than these people do. I, mean, it's, it's, I don't have a good way to get my point across. I'm sorry. Well, I think uh, you're, you're, you're suggesting that some of these people come across and they commit crimes. And I agree, some of them do. Yes. But at a fewer per capita rate than natural-born Americans. So if you want to keep them out to make us safe, you might want to really make us safer by not having kids. Well, <laughs> I, I, with uh, Democrats, I agree. <laughs> All right, Rich, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, David, it's Roster Buns Friday. What's up? Hey, good morning, Gary. Um, hey, uh, I got a little issue. With, uh, when uh, Columbia, the six uh, out-of-touch Columbia City Council went off the rails and uh, uh, made the Columbia Sanctuary City for the LGBT, uh, you know, I think here, here's what they're missing out on. The city council wants to be a, you know, like national recognition, or whatever. And to be a sanctuary city, it needs to be for the unprotected people, and that are the people that are white males, thirty nine and young. You know, they're the backbone of our country, and yet they have no federal protection whatsoever. And I'll never understand that. And while everybody else even dog had probably federal protection above white males, thirty nine and younger. I don't know where the city of Columbia uh, has neglected protecting anybody, not based on race, color of skin, sexuality. Uh, you, you violate uh, somebody's rights, you, you club them over the head, steal their wallet, whatever it is, Columbia police come and arrest them. They're, they're not being... Why did they make Columbia um, a sanctuary city for the LGBT then? I mean, what makes them special oh, above it's... anybody else? It's just, a, it's just a, look how progressive we are, uh, piece of crappy legislation that should never have been passed. It, should, it should have been ignored for the stupidity that it is. 
Well, that's a, that is a fact. And those six out of touch people will be voted out. Shame on them for, t- for not even caring about the people that voted them in. Well, if uh, Columbia residents uh, that are conservative get out and vote, that might just change. David, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. I'll bring a candidate on uh, later this morning that, um, you know, I would argue would be a great addition to the Columbia City Council. We'll see what uh, what you think. In the meantime, Tony is on in uh, Fordland on immigration. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. I don't think white males can be discriminated against. We're the largest population in the United States. But, I mean, that's just me. Uh, on immigration, Gary, I agree with you 100% of what you said so far. There's only one problem. We need to spend about $2 billion of tax dollars money to get you started on this program with the immigration. And here's where you need to spend it. Since Reagan, well, since Carter, but since Reagan, we have not upgraded any of our immigration staffing. In fact, we've cut the immigration and naturalization budgets. We've not got, we don't have enough people to screen the applicants that are there. It takes seven years to process an application. In the greatest country in the world, I find that very hard to believe. So until we're ready to actually refund, and I mean refund, the whole immigration department, immigration naturalization, from agents to processing to computer systems to entire programs, None of the immigration is going to matter because if I'm standing on that side of the border or uh, stay in Mexico until it's time to cross for seven years, I'm going to climb that fence. And I'm going to bring Damn all right my you are. And, Damn uh, right you no are. Sense. There's no sense. Well, I'm a little fat, but I'll, I'll give it a good shot. That's all I'm going to say. If my family is starving and I want to work and I see an opportunity, uh, I'm not waiting seven years. Now, let me ask you this. Of all the people coming across the border, would you rather it be a 60-year-old man and a 60-year-old woman that come across the border, or would you rather it be a 20-year-old male? Because I'm thinking if I want workers in this country, I want those 20-year-old males to come across the border because, one, they got strong backs, and two, they're actually capable of working. But if you're going to send me over a middle-aged man and a middle-aged woman, how much tax revenue are they going to be able to generate? Well, they're sending over these military-aged guys. That's the ones we want. Well, we want, want them all, <laughs> Tony. You know, you know, I don't want to discriminate against anybody based on age. They want to come here no, and work. I don't want to discriminate that either. All right. Tony, i got to run. I'm up against the clock. Thank I appreciate you. the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. All right, uh, we are going to have a uh, libertarian candidate on who wants Blaine Lutkemeyer's seat. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's find out what Jordan Rowden has to say. That's next on The Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 10 minutes to 10, and as promised, uh, I'm bringing in libertarians, letting them have their say, uh, including one Jordan Rowden, who is uh, seeking... The seat uh, currently uh, held by Blaine Lutkemeyer. Jordan, welcome to the program. Glad to have you with us. Hi, Gary. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So uh, why are you running? I mean, you know, when I listen to Democrats and Republicans, all you're going to do is spoil the race for one party or the other. Uh, I think I'm kind of like just your average Missourian right now. Um, I'm kind of frustrated with the way both parties have been uh, handling things. Uh and I've kind of realized, you know, your people say if you vote third party, you're wasting your, your vote, which I've kind of come to realize I'm wasting my vote anyways because I'm throwing it to 
of, you know, a party that once they get into Washington aren't really voting for, you know, liberty or for their constituency anyways. Um, and then you can continue to add to our debt and everything. So, so what's your background? Uh, I'm, I'm from rural Missouri, this area. I've lived in it most of my life. Uh, I've done some ministry work, so I know what it's like to, to kind of serve people in the public and everything. Uh, so, um, like I said, a, just your average rural American or Missourian who's, who's lived in this district his whole life. What do you hope to accomplish? What is your goal? Do you have? Is there something in mind that you want to do that you want to accomplish when you, if you were to get the uh, seat and be in the house? I mean, if I was elected, my main focus would be, uh, you know, fiscal, real fiscal responsibility, not just promises. Um, you know, reducing that ridiculous thirty-four trillion dollar. Uh, debt that's been brought to us by both parties. Uh, and, you know, we've gotten broken promises that they're going to kind of solve that. But, you know, they since I've been following for the last, you know, since the Tea Party started, uh, all they've done is increase it. So um, just focus on that, not voting for anything that raises the debt or anything that doesn't have a balanced budget. Um, and also, you know, voting against any unwarranted surveillance on American citizens. And again, like uh, Chase Oliver, you know, agree with him everything he said about immigration policy you know getting people to come through legally or you know through work permits and stuff and and not just allowing them come in and get on the welfare state and everything like that all right uh do you have a, a website uh we're working on the website it'll be uh jordan round for congress um dot org uh, right now we do have a facebook page up it's jordan round for congress missouri's third district um so you can go on there we've got a donation page up and everything if, if people want to give us a follow or a like and uh, you know interact with me and uh, i'll interact with the voters how do you expect to compete with democrats and republicans they are uh they're huge in number they're really better known than the libertarians are uh they've got thousands of people donating because campaign finance laws frankly favor them how do you expect to compete with them uh, just, you know, appeal to Missourians, you know, love of liberty. Uh, like I said, uh, I'm an average Missourian. I've become very frustrated um, over time with both both parties and their lack of promises. Um, you know, I'm going to need volunteers. going to, you know, have to hit the ground, uh, you know, to, to interact with voters, get, you know, get our name out there, get the libertarian platform out there. And, you know, like George Washington said, once the root of liberty gets in, it's a, it's a fast-growing plant. So... Um, you know, giving people a taste of liberty and what it's really like, um, I believe people will, will want that and accept that. What political party were you uh, affiliated with before you joined the LP? Uh, previously, it was, I, I would have voted Republican on everything. Never thought I would, would stray for them. Um, but I just come to realize they're not, uh, you know, serving me the way they promised. And they're not holding up the values and principles to which I, I believe in. Uh, where do you stand on the war on drugs? Um, I, I, it's not working. Like you said, when we talked about prohibition, it didn't work with alcohol. Uh, it's currently not working now. Um, you know, we're just lining the pockets of the, the Mexican cartels, bringing drugs over. Um, people are dying because they're getting laced drugs and everything like that. So you're just a Republican that wants to use drugs. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not a drug user, never have been. Uh, in fact, you know, I've never really been a fan of them all. I've, I've seen the, the, the bad things they can do to people. So, 
but just 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 liberty uh, like like chase said anything that gets the government out of the way and everything that has the government not already in it Jordan Rowden, uh, give them your Facebook page, and uh, that'll also be your uh, web page when you get it uh, assembled. Correct. Yeah, it's uh, Jordan Rowden uh, for Congress, and then Missouri's third district. Any relation to Caleb Rowden? Uh, we're cousins. Um, I, I don't think we've ever actually met, uh, but our grandpas were best friends, from what I've, from what I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jordan Rowden. Best of luck to you. All right, thanks, Gary. Appreciate right, it. Take care. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. So, you, you, what you see is that these libertarian candidates—they're not—they're not power hungry. They don't—it's—it's uh, it's not their goal to control you. It's their goal to release you and to make you free. Uh, messages at GaryNolan.com. Carol says, "Gary, my husband and I are in our mid eighties." And our time on this earth is almost up. We hate to think what will happen to our country, our children, and our grandchildren as a result of lawlessness, government, corruption, immorality, and the rising racism that has taken over our culture and our country. It makes us incredibly sad at the, at the loss of a way to resolve this. But there is a way, I'm telling you. Uh, Kevin, uh, people don't use cruise control on the highway. Frost my buns. Playing leapfrog for 30 miles is annoying. I am with you on that, Kevin. Absolutely. Makes me crazy. You, you, you roll up on them and then you pass them. And then right along the time, right about the time you're alongside them, they start going faster. So you're stuck in the passing lane. Uh, it's crazy. And I don't know of very many cars made today that don't have cruise control. Use it. Hi, Gary. Space, sorry to say that today this topic is frosting my buns. Space? What? Space about illegal immigrants. Every crime they commit is one added to the population. If Dennis, I guess, got through explaining this. If your concern is crime, you're better off stopping Americans from having children because they commit more crimes per capita than immigrants. I, I don't know how to make that any clearer. You're clinging to a belief that somehow these immigrants are causing rampant crime. They're not. Your children are committing more of the crimes. So if safety is your issue, we're, the country would be safer with the immigrants than your children. There's no logic in your comment there. Brian says, I am still, I am all for immigration and immigration reform, but there are a lot of unintended consequences with unlimited uh, immigrants coming in. Younger adults are already having a housing crisis. Well, that's the, that's the problem with the government. That's not the problem with immigrants. All right, we'll take this up in the next uh, hour. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.